Hi, James here, and I hope you're ready for another version of Power Works with Glenn Power. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You can't help but say Glenn's name, Glenn Power. It's Power Works, right? We're gonna be talking cars, BMW X5. I can tell you right now, Glenn does not like that car too much. Although, the X5 would put his entire family through university and set them up for retirement. Talk about cluttered dashes. Talk a little bit about Walking Dead. It's generally a spectacular PowerWorks podcast is what you're going to hear. Buckle up, sit down, grab a coffee, grab a tea, grab a milkshake, and get ready. Here we go. It's PowerWorks time. Did you Have you watched the latest uh, Walking yeah. Dead? The one with... Uh, with the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about ball. <laughs> <laughs> so... so, so. Spoiler alert for anyone who's watching or listening. As my wife said, so now we just rate them all by what's Glenn gonna think, and <laughs> and it's like we ju- we just both looked at each other and went, yeah, Glenn's not gonna like this. So, but, but then we were trying to figure out. You introduce a brand new character, who's and then kill who's out of Terminator Two, who's a proper serious yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah, and then you kill him. And then you think, ah, he's going to play his brother, and they're going to save his brother, and he's going to be some crazy scientist who can yeah. fix this. Yeah. And then they kill him. And then, and well, but he kills himself. It, but. No, no, they didn't kill him. It was with, um, no, the brother. Yeah. So, so first of all, they kill the guy who's upstairs listening to the whole thing, and it's it's Gabriel, cleavers him with with the the, the you know the mace mace arm attack mace arm attack. Yeah. Just and even the even the other dudes looking at him going, I know, dude. And then. And then they go upstairs, and the dude, they find the brother. So the, for, you know, the guy was just nuts, right? And they kill him. He kills himself. And it's just like, okay. And now they're still heading to the water tower. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, I got to say, we're, my wife and I are sitting there, and we're going, for the end of, see, for the end of a series, and we're, what, three, three episodes left until the end? I think they said there's six, yeah, so three left. And this is... Pretty dire. We've not even seen um, Ezekiel and the yeah. crazy girl with the purple hair that they found. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What happened with What happened with her? Well, they, they They got caught by those. Like, yeah, yeah. The stormtroopers. Stormtrooper guys. Yeah. I was like, whoa. I, I, I don't care about Daryl and a dog. I'm, I'm looking at this, and all I can think, and and I, I I I mean this in all seriousness, is that they had a lot of extra tape. And they thought, wow, we got to use this footage. Yeah. COVID came in. It slowed down some of their filming. So they said, you know what? We're just going to use the extra footage. We're going to fill out. And then we're going to, we've got a, a couple episodes that we're just going to pull. I'm, I'm thinking they're just going to pull it right in together and it's just going to be epic, the last three. But I'm thinking not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's like, wow. Wow. Painful. Yeah. Such a shame. Yeah, I'm thinking he's a big actor, this guy. Yeah. They're never going to kill him off. No. And he sort of turned his, you know, he's letting them go. And then I thought Ed caved in. And I'm thinking, uh, hmm, okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> then when they get upstairs, and it's clearly the same actor playing his brother. Yeah. Thinking, oh, yeah, that's how they're going to keep the actor on. There's no way this guy's just going to do a cameo. He must have just been a fan of the show. I guess, yeah. Must have just been a fan of the show. Fanboy. We started watching um, The Terror, which is a series by AMC last night. We started that, yeah. which is about the guys, the two boats that went from the UK to try and get to the North Pole by boat. Oh, sure. I know exactly what you're talking about because they, they, the Terror, what are they? There's two, there's two of them. 
because they found him. Yeah, yeah. So in 2015 they yeah. found him, and then this and, obviously inspired the series. Yeah, and uh, you know, because obviously they froze in spot, and then they're, it's craziness. But I mean, what a story! I, I'll have yeah. to look that one up. It's actually the first episode was really yeah. good. I'll have to look it up. But, yeah. you know, because I've pretty much given up on any of the other Walking Dead series. We were watching the other one with the kids. I can't even remember what it's called. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And we're, we're you know, I know that you said it gets better. Yeah, it does get better, to be fair. But we were watching but, it, and we just kind of went, you know what? We didn't even finish our the episode. We just went, you know what? I don't I don't want to invest any more time yeah. in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my wife looks at me, and she goes, thank you for finally seeing the light. <laughs> no. I have that, that sort of, Amy will say to me. My mum and dad have recommended this, or I've heard about this, or I've read about this, and I just go, oh, I don't want to get to know any more characters. We just finish The Walking Dead and then just have a year of just reading books, please. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, this one seems to be uh, seems to be pretty good. Okay, the terror. So yeah. we'll we'll give that a look. And yeah. there's, yeah. All right, cool. Hey, let's get started. Let's do this. You heard the theme. You know what that means. It's podcasting time coming to you from the Rolf Hotel downtown Dubai in the podcast studio. And it is PowerWorks with Glenn Power. PowerWorks Automotive. We're going to talk about cars. We got a, we got a PowerPoints today? No. No. No PowerPoints. No. But we got other stuff. <laughs> so we're going to have a lot got of fun. Of We've got loads of stuff. You're going to love it. And it's happening right now. Ah, well, here we go. Colin said he was getting desperate, so he's listened to that. Our whole back catalogue now. Walking the dog. Well, you know what? He, he's actually the fittest dog in Dubai. <laughs> he, he has said, "I've learned so much about all you guys from listening to these podcasts." Yeah, yeah. It's weird, isn't it? You do give quite a bit away. Well, and if you listen to them all, I mean, you really. Yeah. The, the best one is uh, one of the ones is, is uh, Joey Wu, who features prominently because you know you guys share that bond of being mechanics. Yeah. He he put the the wrenches away, although he's leaving them out clearly for me to come and do some developments on his vehicles. Mods, tasteful <laughs> mods, tasteful mods. Yeah, and he he uh, was listening to Doc Talk with Doctor Jenna, him and his daughter, and they their accents were so bad I can't even put them on. But they 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 sent me the the WhatsApp of them trying to talk like Doctor Jenna. Dr. Scouse and Doctor Jenna hasn't got a proper, not full thick Scouse accent. Yeah. She's, she's well spoken. They, they, I know. When she always says, "Oh, I'm Scouse," I'm going, "Really? You don't really sound." Yeah, like the sort of the the kind of um, stereotypical yeah. one that a comic would pick up on. Have a go at. She's so, where, whereas Kev, Kev Fitzsimmons is a bit more Scouse than her, because he'll be talking and he'll just start using words. And at one point, he's talking and, he's, and I'm just letting him go. Right? I'm going. I'm really not quite sure if what you said. I mean, I know the words. But the way, and I had to clarify a few things with him. I said, so is, is it really a hotel or is it, is it yeah, it's at the hotel, the, the gym. And I'm going, so is it, is it kind of like a pub gym <laughs> thing? Like, how does this actually work? And, uh, they said, oh, no, let me clarify. So it was some slang there. Accents in the UK. <laughs> Literally 30 miles from Liverpool. And you get to Man- 30 miles. And that, that's like, it's not very far. I, I imagine in Canada, there's neighbours that are 30 miles away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In some areas, it's such a vast landmass, right? If you're not in a big city... Well, you you know, you go from, th- from from you know, yeah. take the north of America as, a, as yeah, a, yeah. the United States, New York, California, completely yeah. different. 
but it's four hours on a plane or whatever it is. <laughs> it's kind of acceptable <laughs> that there's a different accent, right? Yeah. The weather's totally different. Everything's mm. different. Whereas you go from Liverpool, 30 miles to Manchester, and it's completely different. <laughs> See? And then, <laughs> heaven forbid, you go to the other side of the country and go to Hull. Yeah, forget it. I mean, <laughs> couldn't be more different. <laughs> and it's like three hours in a car. <laughs> You see, England's you know, a bit weird like w- that. One side of Montreal to the other side of Montreal, people sound, sound the same. You go one part of Toronto, I mean, you have you have some re- accents from where people have immigrated from. Yeah, yeah. But sure. people sound the same pretty yeah. much in Ontario. They they all kind of have a, an Ontario sound. Yeah. It's not like you head up to the Muskokas and they're all talking cottage talk and they've got a, 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 a crazy <laughs> accent. You you get a little bit of a different variation when you head out to the East Coast, so Newfoundland and yeah. and maybe. Maybe a little bit in Nova Scotia, but not. It's, you know, it's it's not like in the UK. Do you know what it is? Mm. British people do not really, and I'm saying this is sat in Dubai, obviously, but on the whole, you have no need to travel. Yeah, it's just no 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 desire. <laughs> Stay home. It's like oh, got to tend to the crops today. <laughs> if I go somewhere, I know they're going to the cat. And it's a, it's just how it is. Yeah. You know, like yeah. to the point where. My mum and stepdad have got to the point where they can go on holiday. You know, the dog died and the kids have all moved out. So they've got, That's you know, it. they can go away without worrying about somebody <laughs> coming around to look after a kid or a dog. But they'll go all inclusive to a resort and stay there uh-huh. inside the walls of the hotel resort. So they'll travel 10 hours to Jamaica on a plane and then just stay in a resort yeah. and not go anywhere. <laughs> Keep talking. I want to make sure we're recording. So it's just... Weird. I don't know. Accents is a strange one. It's it's makes it very difficult when you. I imagine as a as a foreigner to the country traveling around, especially let's say you landed in Heathrow. Yeah. And then, you know, you want to go and see Dover. The, well, yeah, the okay, cliffs so of you're Dover. Go and see the White Cliffs of Dover, and then you want to go to Land's End in Cornwall. I mean, yeah. By all means, you're not going to understand a word down there. <laughs> I mean. If it, Cornwall, Cornwall's almost, well, they're kind of still on it, but they want to be separate. Oh, really? They want flag and that kind of, oh, they're not okay. like, not quite sort of the Basque okay. Spain thing, yeah, but they're on a similar sort right. of level. So if you're not from Cornwall, when you go to Cornwall, everything yeah. costs you more. And there's certain things you're not allowed to do. Okay. So, and it's quite, it's made quite obvious <laughs> to you. They're not Cornish. <laughs> Disappear. But... It's very weird. And you're talking about is that Corn- miles Cornish there. pasties? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's it. So it's yeah, interesting. Ridiculous. I don't know. There will be books written about it, and I don't. Yeah. But I, it must be the fact that nobody left their little village. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think you're right. Nobody. And we were just constantly getting raided, right? We were just constantly yeah. getting invaded. Uh, the Vikings and this and yeah. you know, the Spanish, Romans, the French. Vikings. It's crazy. Everyone just crazy. Go. Yeah. So. We just all stayed in our house yeah. <laughs> on our little square of land <laughs> growing crops. And then all of a sudden you go to a market 20 miles away and no one can understand anyone and just a fight breaks out. Yeah. <laughs> and then 400 years later you've got football hooliganism. It's, it's the just the same thing. Just same thing. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay, there we go. And then we got Boris Johnson. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. <laughs> When I was, so when I was a kid, I was like, I shouldn't have been watching it, but my dad used to look after us on a Friday night, and 
there's a TV show called Have I Got News For You. It's an institution in the UK, and it's sort of the whole British take on, you know, basically pointing each other down and just okay. self-deprecating about... but. It, about the news of the week. Yeah. So you'd have all the headlines from all the tabloids and the broadsheets and the news shows. And then there'd be a... It's like a satirical show, sort of panel game show. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, Boris Johnson was the funniest person on there that wasn't <laughs> supposed to be a comedian. He was on there as a guest host a couple of times and as a team member, as a politician. They'd always try and have a politician on, so somebody was there for the, to yeah. be the butt of all the jokes. He's just the funniest guy, just such really? an idiot. <laughs> and my dad, who wouldn't, you know, he, he wouldn't uh, waste urine on a on a conservative yeah. politician that was on fire. You should just sit there laughing at him because he was ridiculous. <laughs> and now he's the prime minister. Now he's the first among the monkey equals in the British government, no, and it's ridiculous. Weird. I mean, I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What can you say? Just, I wasn't there. I didn't vote, obviously, but I don't know. I don't know. don't yeah. know. And yeah. The thing is, like, has he done a bad job? Could anyone do a decent I, I, job? I mean... You know what? Given, given the circumstances, he's done what he has to do. And there yeah. you go. There you go. Like, there, that's all you can say. And look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's in there. There'll always be someone who didn't want them. Yeah. There's, you, know, you know, we could be talking about anyone and yeah. I'd have a positive or negative view because everybody's got their own opinion yeah. and, and it is what it is nothing yeah. you know the world hasn't ended yeah I mean I don't know who's going to pay all these things back that they've been doing but you know for the minute we're okay no no the next government <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah hey I want to talk about an advertisement that I've been driving by recently on Alkale Road where maybe actually sorry, Business Bay Crossing okay that honestly it turns me off the vehicle yeah so you're driving down and there's a Jaguar Advertisement for the new F Pace. Oh, the F Pace. And it shows the dash, the front seat and the dash. That's right. And every time I see that, all it says to me is, that's a car I'll never buy. Because I'm looking at this dash and I'm just going, it is so cluttered. It's so much old school on the steering wheel. I'm not quite sure what it's trying to show me because I'm looking at this dash and I'm going, this looks like something out of like 1998. I mean, yeah, okay, sure, there's some little dials and things, but it is just such a mess of things that I, I it, it just, it, I, I just look, I just, yeah. I get agitated. Yeah, I get like that when I get in most Jaguars. <laughs> I'm thinking, this I, is not a positive ad. I was uh, watching Shazad Sheikh's uh, Brown Car Guys review. He's just reviewed the SVR F-Pace, which mm. is like the 550 horsepower silly one. Yeah. Unnecessary, but you know, great fun. And obviously, he's taken back, taken aback by the power, and he likes the sound sure. of it and everything. Which, why not? That's what it's for, right? Yeah. But all the way through, I'm looking at it, thinking, don't really appeal. Don't yeah. really appeal yeah. to me. Like, like I who's think, it? Who's that appealing to? Do you think? I know, and I think you know, because they've done the research. You can get the same engine and everything in the Range Rover. Yeah, might as well just have a Range Rover. Exactly. Exactly. That that's how I looked at it, and I don't. Obviously, it's each to their own. But we've said before with Jaguar, like, they just, you, you don't think of an yeah. SUV when you think Jaguar. Yeah. All the companies are guilty of doing it. All oh, yeah, of them for are sure. Guilty. They're all doing it and everyone's joined in and that's the, that's just the way it is, whatever. But I, I, it doesn't appeal to me. I think the one on there is, isn't it orange on the billboard as well or some weird colour? I've, I've driven past it. I don't know if it's orange. 
I can't remember the colour. No, I don't think so. I no, I think that's not I, the most appealing colour. That's Skoda. The Skoda is the orange one. But yeah, it, yeah. it's it's very. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, like I, I, if you've listened to anything we've done on on this podcast, or if you've listened to any of the old shows that we used to do on air, one of my big complaints about cars is steering wheels. And yeah. just the amount of, I mean, as, as soon as you have to look down at the steering wheel to figure out what button to press, you've defeated the purpose because now you're taking your eyes off <laughs> the steering wheel. Yeah. And it's just so cluttered. But on the other, on the other token, and this is kind of an interesting thing. This has got nothing to do with the F-Pace. I'm moving on. So it just bugs me. Let's leave that behind. Yeah. Let's leave it because there's, there's nowhere to go. But this morning I was driving in over here to the, the Rove Hotel downtown to the podcast studio. And it was one of those mornings, the first morning where I, I, I was driving and I was going, you know, if my car was autonomous and doing this itself, I would not be complaining. Yeah. As I was making the way here and I was, I was just thinking of a million things. My mind wasn't really on the drive. And it was the first time ever where I said, either, I mean, what's the, what's the solution? Take a taxi. But if my vehicle was autonomously and I could just punch in, go, Go to the Rove. And part, part of the reason for thinking that was as I was about three quarters of the way here, I kind of was going, hold on, where am I going? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm driving and I'm looking around and I'm going, oh, yeah, I know where I'm going. But, but where am I going exactly? Because, you know, then you have to navigate exits. Yeah, when you go all the way from Murdiff and on autopilot and now yeah. I've kicked in. It's like, ah. Just for a moment, I'm thinking, hold yeah. on. And I just, it was at that moment that I thought, you know, autonomous vehicle would be nice right now. You know what, though? Well, I know, and from from where we are right now. So if we look out that window, you've got the lower level and upper level yeah. of the D71 or whatever it is. Yeah, good luck, whatever. I, I have no idea what that road's called. Now, if you want to get to Dubai Mall, <laughs> the sat-nav will give you the directions, no problem. Yeah. But the upper level and lower level are above you <laughs> from the satellite. So you don't know. And then you're on the upper level and it's saying, yeah, turn right. What? <laughs> I never thought Thinks about that. There. Oh, man. So That's a problem. autonomous cars are going to have a few little... Uh, That's something to really think about. Details and, to figure out. And all, a lot of the buildings we park in have multi-store car parks. So the sat-nav suddenly doesn't work. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Mm. That's, a, that's something that someone's not thought of. I'm sure they thought about it. I'm they sure just they thought, thought they'd ignore it. it. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, what they've said is that's the anomaly. That's, that's yeah. 2%. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll leave sort of takeoff and landing, like on a plane. Yeah. Takeoff and landing down to the pilot, but the rest is <laughs> autopilot. Yeah. yeah. And that's what pilots always said. What a boring, I mean, it's fun, it's great that you're flying and doing it, but it's pretty boring most of the time. Yeah. No, Which is always a good thing. Like, oh yeah, you want them to be bored. I want them to be bored. Oh yeah, bored Awake. out of their yeah. mind, bored. Yeah. I want them to know what to do. Yeah. And well, I, do you think they sometimes just for a bit of fun, just like flip one of the engines off? See how long we can go. No, no. I think they, I think they play, and I have no proof of this, and I'm just hypothesizing. <laughs> I really don't. But I'm thinking when you have these long haul flights and you have the two crews and you got the other, so you yeah. would have, you know, like LAX or something. Yeah, two captains and and a co-pilot, yeah. so you have three flight crew essentially. I think when when the captain, one of the captains, has gone to the back and they're having a nap, I think that's the point where the person says, you know, I'm going to fly this thing manually. Yeah, yeah, and they and they they when they start hitting a few things and you know a few air pockets and that's when the guy in the back goes, oh. the first officer's like, yeah, captains, yeah, no problem, you go and rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got this. <laughs> and then you're right, and there's a little bit of a shudder. <laughs> captains like, why are we banking? Yeah, <laughs> and he's going, oh, pulling back on the uniform. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I remember when when I was at AAA and I. 
gone over to the branch in Umramal. Yeah. Just behind the duty free warehouse there. Yeah. The one you would have. Yeah, yeah. Used. That's, uh, that is, that is where I used to take my car yeah, to. Yeah. So I went. They're still there, aren't they? I think so. They've still got the yard, but they don't use it as a workshop. Oh, really? So where do they do all their car stuff? All in Arcus now. Okay. Yeah. So we were there and I'd been, I'd been in the country a year, maybe two. Yeah. I don't know. Not really relevant, but there was a, the air show was on. Right. Oh, so but they did it right it downtown. Brilliant. Cause like we were next to the runway. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd see them all. And then they, I remember them doing the stall on the 380. So they <laughs> vertical with the 380. <laughs> yeah. And then stall it. Yeah. And then let the air forcing through the veins of the engine, kick the engine back on again and then fly it off. And man, that made a noise. Yeah. And I thought to myself, if that's a regular pilot flying that, they must save up all their like, I mean, pilots must, must have to bungee jump every weekend. Yeah. Because it's literally take off. Okay. Look at everything for most, most flights from here are a few hours. Like there's yeah. obviously the, yeah. but, but a lot of them are long haul. They must just sort of, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, they, they must like flying to Manchester because. I mean, it must be 400 miles an hour crosswinds every, I mean, we've hit the, I always like to watch the, the screen. Oh man. Amy hates it. Turn it off, turn it off. And I always like to watch it out of the front. They're coming in sideways. And it's sideways, yeah. <laughs> then right at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. And I like, I, I mean, I like watching it. And that, yeah. they must, that must be the sort of thing that a pilot loves. Yeah, they get off their, right. they got a sweat on. It's like, yeah. we made it. We yeah. got that one down good. But I mean, you want them to be bored, like you said. Yeah, yeah. It's just interesting. I think, I think that is probably a solution that we've stumbled upon there that, that will happen with autonomous because you can't, it's going to be very, very difficult to get everyone on autonomous at the same time, which is the only way it can work. Yeah. I don't see how it can work anymore. No, it can't. You got it. And it, it would almost be like there's, I already see how they do it. I've already, I've got it in my head. So if I was coming from Murdoch, I've, I've come out of Murdoch, I'm going down Tripoli, I'm, I'm driving, I'm, I'm making my way, and then I hit a an autonomous gate where suddenly you've got, uh, you know, about uh, 200 meters where your car is going to go from manual and it's going to transition into autonomous. Yeah. And so now I'm in the city limits, now we're in an autonomous zone. Yeah. And then when you're going to leave that, you're going to hit the gate, you're going to have another 300 meters, it's going to beep, 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 leave an autonomous zone. If you don't have your hands on the wheel and your foot on the pedal, yeah. it's not, it's, it's going to pull over into the lay-by. And, you know, you're going to, it's going to, it's going to stop. Because you know, the thing that, that, I think I've just given them a whole bunch of ideas. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the, one of the benefits of doing that. So you think of all the traffic hotspots. So we yeah. come in down Al Qudra Road and we, we have a huge roundabout on the D54. Exactly. What you're talking which about. they'll definitely sort out with the flyover eventually. But yeah. at the moment, you're talking six, seven minutes to get through that roundabout. That's, that's anger. Yeah, starts yeah to definitely. I mean, from, and people changing lanes. So from where we are in, in, uh, Mira Oasis to the, Start of Umskeen Road at the end of the Arabian Ranches, the small roundabouts. It's 20 minutes every morning. Like on a Saturday, I can be at work in 15. Yeah. But during the week, obviously, when it's busy, yeah. it's 20 minutes just to do a third of the journey, not even a third, maybe a quarter of it. Yeah. So if you had autonomous cars, then they would figure out a way where you wouldn't actually need Traffic lights. Well, sure, because all the roundabout would suddenly be this continuous thing where the cars would constantly be moving, so it so would move through. You've got multi lanes, yeah, multi exits on a roundabout, and now when we were taught to drive in the UK, 
if you're going left at a roundabout, and in, in the UK's case, right, because yeah. yeah. we're on the side of the road, you would start off on the very right-hand side, right, and gradually, with your signal right, uh-huh. gradually drift over. Yeah, yeah. And as you got to the penultimate exit, you'd turn off your signal and then turn the one for left to exit. There off, we go. And you drift yeah. over to that. Now you can't do that here because the lanes are fixed. Right. But if you had a situation where you programmed where you were going and every car that was going left went in the left lane and every one car going straight right. was in the middle and every one going right was in the right. It would work. You, and then you'd be able, and then if all of them used the same kind of Skynet system, yep. whatever. Which they would have. It would all be with RTA. It would all be right into RTA. Boom. Then it could work out yeah. when to stop, when to go. And all the cars would be, you'd be talking, now for safety's sake, they'll do it within meters. Yeah, but they could do it within millimeters, oh, and everybody sure. would just yeah, yeah. in and out, and it'd just be no problem. The place that would benefit from that, from what I can think now, is like Paris, where sure. give way to people coming on. <sighs> totally opposite to where everyone else does it in the world. <laughs> you always see it's just a mess. Anytime you see it, it doesn't even matter if they close the road for a film; it's still a mess. There's just cars everywhere. Yeah, yeah. but like it would stop congestion. Sure. You see, to a certain degree, you see it with smart motorways. So they're, yeah. they're much maligned in the UK by people that travel for work or they rep up and down yeah. the motorway. But they'll, the, the speed limit in the UK will be 70. That's the maximum you can go. There's no unlimited speed. So it's 70 is a maximum on a two-lane or more carriageway. Bearing in mind, two lanes is a major road in the UK. Yeah. There's some major roads with one lane either way. So Now, they'll have a smart motorway has bridges across like the announcement ones yeah, and yeah. it will close lanes or it will open lanes okay so it'll open the hard shoulder in heavy traffic um it'll change the speed limit from 60 50 40 30 and it does that even when there's no accident but because yeah. obviously the sort of stacking effect of brakes yeah. the faster you go the further it gets back right you know the first person breaks a little bit the second more third yeah, yeah. we all know that by the 10th yeah. or 15th car you've got everyone stopped if the speed's lower there's less brake use and everyone moves rather yeah. than having big tailbacks and that's all worked out autonomously if, right. and and it keeps traffic going mm. now, if the cars are doing that themselves then there shouldn't be no it should be simple yeah I think it's going to be cool. But if everyone's on the same system, yeah. what, who pays the insurance bill when it goes wrong? There's still going to be stuff. Things are going to go wrong. No, right? You're still going to have to have an insurance company because you're, someone's going to be in the grocery store. I saw it the other day. Someone's in a grocery store, and they've got the cart, and who knows how the thing started rolling, but it rolled right into a car. And I'm just going, oh, oh. You know, so there's always going to be that stuff. Oh, that, those things are those things. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking more of on the road, right? So if everyone's oh, using road. the same... Because when you're, when you're outside of the autonomous zone, that's where the insurance is going to kick in. Because you're going to yeah. have autonomous zones and non-autonomous zones. But what zones. happens... So because we're going to have to have everyone in an autonomous car for it to work, you can't just say, ah, it's going to be cheaper for us to buy cars from the UK, so we're right. going to make everyone right-hand drive here. You'd have to do that on the same day. Right. I think they did that in Bahrain or something. Yeah, they changed it. years ago. And they just said, right, don't forget tomorrow you swap sides. Right. And then everyone did. You couldn't do it half and half. No, you'd have to. Everyone has to do it. And I imagine the same with autonomous cars. You've got to do them all on the same day. But what stops me on a Friday morning thinking I really fancy 
the drive. So I think it's gonna it's gonna be like a, a Tesla Elon Musk scenario. So not with Teslas, but where all cars are equipped with that software. All cars are dialed into the mothership from all of these different different automotive makers, and all the automotive makers will be connected to the larger scheme. So all of their yeah. systems connect in, and those automotive makers are going to flick the switch, and your car suddenly, boom, will be operating. So this on way. certain stretches of road, you can only be autonomous. Yeah. That's cool. I think it's gonna be neat. That'd be the only way to do it, wouldn't it? And you know how it really works well because you've got you've got Mr. Mr. Musk and all this little, these little satellites that he's putting up, or the Amazon guys who got these satellites, and then you've even got areas where maybe we it's a little bit problematic. Then you got the Amazon guys who got them on balloons, or Google does that too with balloons. So we'll be covered. So you could have quite large autonomous zones. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. And in theory, nobody would be able to drive a vehicle that wasn't insured. No, no. Or and, registered. And it has to be insured and registered because it has to be on the system. And if it's not on the system, the system's going to, uh, hey, there's a vehicle on the road that's not on the system. It's going to send out the, you know, the SWAT team to get it. I like the idea that the, the road is just magnetic. Yeah. And it just clamps cool. the car. <laughs> can't it. move. You're done. Can't move. You're done, mate. Doors yeah. closed, locked. Police are arriving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Terminator that. So then what do you do when you want to go and have a drive? Well, you're done for. Well, then you're going to have driving parks. So what you're, what oh. you're going to have is, you know how you have... Like dog parks. Like dog parks. You take the car you, to the park. You're going to have a 100-acre area that's got roads in it, and you can take your car. and Kind of like going to the, the game reserves in South Africa and that. So, so if yeah, so if this was a so get the Kruger Park, this where you was can go a, and drive. If this was, an, and you're talking to the brokest man in Dubai, but if this was an investments <laughs> program... The advice we would give is people buy land, yeah, but, turn it into yeah. vehicle leisure yeah. parks. Yeah. Well, and, and and so I'm actually not quite I'm I'm quite unsure now because people do like to go out and dune bash and all that. Yeah, yeah. But there there is a segment of people who just want to kind of do some obstacle coursing with their car. Some people so, just like to drive down a country lane with the windows yeah. open. Up. So I, you know, so create a, an area where you can just go drive. But also, I don't know why we don't see, especially here with all the four by fours and all that. A supervised obstacle course that you can yeah. go. To. I mean, I know they they put them up every now and then. Yeah, there's for, some of the off-road experiences that do stuff kind why, of like that. Why isn't there one that's like set up? Like it's got all the stuff, and you come in, and they yeah, you can take the kids to a trampoline park. Yeah. Why can't you take your car to somewhere? And so then you know, and you have the trampoline park there, and then hey, dad and mum can go and do the obstacle course in the car, and they've got people watching it, so that they know hey, you're coming in. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're you're, you're gonna go. You know, they give you a little, so it gives you a little bit of lessons, but also lets you see what your car can do, and you have some fun, muddy it up a little bit, get it stuck. They got the tow truck there to pull you out of the mud pit. Like it. Your card's there because you're gonna have to go get your car fixed after you've you know buried the exhaust system and sucked in <laughs> stuff. So it's. <laughs> I, mean, I think there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. So bye, bye, bye. Bye, 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 land. Yeah. Hey, a quick question. BMW X5. No, you're a big fan. Uh, I, I saw one today, and this was actually after I was sitting at a set of lights, and there's a, a child in the back seat of a Pajero looking yep. over at me in the yellow Jeep going, wish I was in your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm looking at an X5, and I'm looking at it, I'm going, it's got the badge on it, it says BMW, but I'm looking at it going, is, is that a Volkswagen? Like, I truly was looking at this thing going, no, no, that, that, that's not really a BMW. That's someone who's played a funny 
and put a BMW badge on a Volkswagen. <laughs> and then I'm looking again. I'm going, no, no, it really is a Beamer. But it really does look like a Volkswagen to me. I was, I was really taken aback. Well, look, we've, uh, we've had this discussion a lot. We've said that, you know, a lot of cars just all look samey. Yeah. The thing with BMW that I've always found, and look, I don't, I don't say this that no other companies are guilty of it, but BMW has always been kind of a premium brand. Right. Unless it's their kind of high end spec of a car, they look very ordinary. They do. And I, I don't not know. in the understated cool yeah. way. <laughs> Just in the kind of your wheels are too small yeah. and yeah. Like, why are you making this car? Yeah. Like the X one. I don't know about that one. It's, it's got a weird design it's an too. Absolute abomination. Like why what is that thing? Who needs it? I don't know, but I've you know, there's a few people around where I live who that's what they drive, and every time I see them, I kind of shake my head. I'm going, really? Like, I want to go over and say, why did you buy this car? Like, what was going on in your head? What do you love about it? Do you think they have focus groups? They must. Do they? Or they're just <laughs> arrogant enough to think, there's a five, oh, there's a seven now, we've got a three, let's do a one. Maybe. Well, they were probably thinking, no, we want to get people on the low end of the market, and it's got a badge on it. Everyone loves our badge. I, said, I don't know. I don't think they could have a focus group for that. Surely yeah. not. Do you, do you honestly think, <laughs> right, I'm going to type it. I apologize to my search history. I'm going to type it into their images. It's crazy, isn't it? And it's like... <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone's got to go to your computer, go to your phone right now. I and mean, even the press shots for it, where they want it to look nice. I mean, and you can see clearly that the, the, the ones that they're showing are like the top fully loaded yeah. spec. They don't... <laughs> I'm not sure. Is it, is it a station wagon? No. A state wagon? Is it a hatchback? Really what, weird. What is this thing? And I never see the fully spec versions. I only see oh. versions that are wanting. See, I, I saw a I'm, a. I'm obviously a VW guy. I saw a Tiguan this morning, and it was a base model one in like that awful metallic brown that they do. And, I, and the wheels didn't fill the arches, and it was mm. too much. There was too much clearance between the wheels and the arches, and it was just like, why? Yeah. But it's a VW. It's a people's car. Yeah. You know, even the hot stuff they do is understated. This is a this is a BMW. Like, and you see, I mean, when you see, there's one come up here, that's exactly what it is. Like one of the early ones, they were like always white with black bumpers, and just made them look worse. <laughs> know exactly what you're talking about. That's the classic. Yeah. I just don't understand what it's for. I don't understand what it's for. I, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Like, Obviously, you'd assume being the X1, it's the off-road version, so it should be 4x4. Four four. No. I'm taking that off-road, are you're you? Not, you're not going anywhere off-road with that. That's a car. That, that is, you don't even want to take it onto the sand. It's a shame. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, there's one here painted in grey, the new current model that they've painted in grey, which everybody does grey now. Yeah. Just like, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, everyone was doing white. And it's like, that's not even, that's not saving it. No. Uh, it's, I, I, I just I, don't get it. But, and the X5, the X5's, um, I've said it to a couple of customers actually this week, we had three X5s in at one point, all on the lift. So Are they all, we, for, the, all for the same thing or different things? Two of them for the same thing, yeah. Turbos. Um, really? Turbos just seized? 
they're very, very poor on oil consumption. And part of it is just down to the service intervals. They're just too long. Okay. Way, way too long. And they don't like it. These turbo, people forget the turbo's spinning thousands of times a minute. Thousands of times a minute, all the time. Mm. Pretty much. Like, you know. And they very, they're right at the top of the engine. Okay. So the hardest part for them to get oil to. And they really, really can't do without oil. So they need to be lubricated because you got that fan in there that's just, you go, just turning. Some of the VWs are doing like 18,000 on a service interval. That's way too much. Mm. Way too much. Mm. But yeah, I, I just sort of joked to a couple of people this week and it was like one guy had brought a uh, X trail in. Okay. And I said, look, if all my customers <laughs> had X trails, I'd be out of business. Yeah. If all my customers had X5s, I'd never have to work a day in my, in my life again <laughs> after about five years. <laughs> And it's a shame because, they, yeah. you know, they drive okay. And that 4.8 twin turbo engine is ridiculous. The yeah. power in it is fantastic. Yeah. So, you, But you've got two turbos. But you're frightened. <laughs> you're frightened of, of driving it. I mean, I've, I've had two that were fixed and one that didn't get fixed of those 4.8 twin turbos where the pistons have stretched the bolts on the conrod around the crank and gone proud of the block. Really? Smashed into the head. Oh, that's a lot and I don't see that many. That's a lot of power. I've had three. So that, that, that is, you don't see that many. You've had three. That yeah. is not a good track record. No. Now I don't know from BMW's point of view whether I've just gone and, and, and hey, who knows? Yeah. You could get one, two, three, four, five, six on the lottery. These things happen, but I'm sure there's others out there. Yeah. And I'm sure BMW addressed it, and anyone that's been under the BMW umbrella for the servicing and repairs probably had technical bulletins and had that repaired and rectified. You know, Audi and VW were doing um, piston ring replacements on on some of their engines Mm. as a technical bulletin. So these things happen. Right. But But you you would think if, if someone had a vehicle and they owned it, they'd be getting a phone call from... That's the kind of thing that I would class as needing as yeah. needing to get back to people on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's that's pretty scary, but that's a lot of power. So the people, the, the folks who had the the turbos that weren't working, they decide just to go without. So we've got no, no. So one of them we had to <coughs> remove the both turbos and repair them. So we changed the cores and the bushes on the inside, put the whole the old housings back on, put them back on the car, so they weren't consuming oil. Mm. And then the second one. The actual housing of the turbo had failed, so it's ended up needing a new turbo. Yikes. Yeah, which isn't cheap. Oh, I could imagine. So we repair a lot of turbos. We oh. do, and it's not something that's unique to BMW. We yeah. just so happens we've got two in. The, the problem is with that, that car is so phenomenally powerful <laughs> and effortless as well. Because it just, it's just effortless. Yeah, you put your foot on the gas. It's a rocket. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's but, why people like owning them. That's why people, and you drive them like that. Well, you know, you see people in them, and they're just like gone. Green lights flashing. <laughs> I can do it. 400 horsepower later, <laughs> you're gone. And it's a really, really, really great engine. Yeah. It, it's it, a lot of it is just down to they get stretched a bit too far in the service interval from from mm. the factory. Mm. I've had similar conversations with Colin about his crafter vans and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and and the sprinters that he's got now about with the turbo engines. It's it's not great to go to the 15. Yeah. And I understand the reasoning behind, from that example, VW's desire to show 15,000 kilometers. Yeah. 
all works into the cost of ownership, which makes the car seem, the van in that case, seem a better option. But it's real world time and it ain't worth it. And if you get onto it from day one, yeah, it makes a huge, huge difference. Huge difference. And it's only using the cars that really damages the oil. Mm. You know, we've, we've got cars that do very little kilometers, classics, okay. that will sit all summer and we'll change the oil before they get put away and then we'll change the oil before they get taken out and the oil just comes out clean. But we take it and change it because we don't want any moisture in there and any, right. any of the carbon that it might have broken up inside the sump while it's been sat in the sump, get it out, put new oil in it, and, and it comes out clean. And, and mm. we put new oil in, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. And that's how much does that cost you? Nothing. Under hundred dirhams. Few hundred dirhams with a filter and bit of, yeah. and, and check the rest of the car while it's in. Yeah, you know. Easy. So I, I don't. I, there's a. I've. I, if everyone had next five. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I'd be pulling idea. my hair out. I like the idea of that big engine though. Like I really oh, like. Yeah. I mean, if, when you need it, you've got it. And otherwise, you just drive it normally. And it's this a, isn't even an M. Yeah. You know, the M one's oh, like that's insane. I've I've seen a I, I actually saw a couple of M's this week, and and one of them had it. It had the trim package as well, and that one didn't look like a Volkswagen. That one just. Well, this is my point, right? They do. Yeah. Do a good job of the good stuff, yeah. of, the, of the top end stuff. Yeah. The rest of it's just a bit there. Yeah. But that M. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want that? I think that if I'm owning a BMW, I'm getting a, I'm getting the M. Yeah. M Sport. You see, the problem is now everything's the M Sport package, which is just yeah. bigger brakes and a 20 more horsepower or whatever it is on everything. But it makes them look good. Yeah. And and I suppose in a way, from a purely marketing point of view. In the region we're in, it's not a bad upsell, is it? No. Make the cars look crap. Yeah. But you can have the impact. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there we go. We'll Same with the Passat, right? So Joey's got the Passat. Yeah. So this is kind of fun because he's going to review it. But he, it's interesting because it, it, and I, I, I keep you up to date. So I, yeah, I yeah. forward you. He's, a, he's really big into warming up his lunch. Using the dashes. Genius, though, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got them sitting on top of the, you know, it's still a little cool back home, but not that cool. It was, I think it was, it was up to 15 degrees centigrade the other day, which is summer. My one son's going, shorts weather, dad. <laughs> Patios are opening, people are out. And, and what's Joey got? He's got a bacon sandwich on the dash or whatever he had. He had pancakes, I think he said, pancakes <laughs> and something. And he's got his Tupperware container, glass container sitting on top of the defroster. Yeah. Genius. Warming up his lunch for his hour drive. Genius. I like it. <laughs> the cup holders are right on top of the, the vents now on yeah. the dashboard. So you, if you're blowing hot because it's hot, you can warm a drink or keep a, a drink warm. If you're blowing cold because it's cold, you can keep a drink cold. What a great idea. Just smart, right? Yeah, someone was thinking. Yeah. So he's, he's got the Passat. He's happy. But it, it's another case of rental companies and your, your manufacturers not thinking rental company cut them a deal to get a fully spec car or something that's got all the toys because people are going to drive these cars they're going to make an assessment exactly, of it they're going to yeah. talk to their friends and they're going to decide yeah i'm going to buy that car or no, i'm not going to buy that car and so he, he hasn't really given it a good look around he's going to give us a review but what was his big complaint and i i think he's gone soft quite frankly i, I really think he's gone soft <laughs> it's like of all the complaints he's not complaining about you know it's, it's relatively comfortable he's not complaining about this he's you know it doesn't have all the specs he's got you know it's got the nice little badge on it blah, blah, blah. he's going out we've talked about it before though haven't we yeah it's a big deal when you drive a car a lot well his his complaint is the lane change assist 
mechanism is not activated on his model of car. He likes the lane change stuff. It's not there. It works good on those as well when it's there. Yeah. It does work good on those. And he's just at the spec level a little bit below, so it's not active. And he's going, you know, for him, that's a game changer. It doesn't have lane assist. He says, even my, even, you know, the, the Mazda X3. Had lane assist. Yeah. Or whatever that Mazda, the Mazda 3. Mazda right, 3, so. yeah. Mazda 3. It had lane assist. He didn't like it, but, or he had some issues with it, but it still had lane assist. He's now driving the Passat, no lane assist. He's going, oh. you know, we had a sales manager at VW when I was there, and uh, he specced a Tiguan, like 2009 sort of time, 2008-9, and he specced it. They were relatively new at the time. It was like the new SUV. Yeah. And he specced it with a rear view camera. Okay. But no parking sensors. So you, you, you don't, you've got nothing. Yeah. So you've got a, vi- a camera that will just show you the middle of the car, but nothing at the side. Yeah. And you've got no idea how close you are to anything. And you can't therefore look at the screen because you have to look back. <laughs> yeah. So the camera's of no use. So what's the point of having the camera? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, to get onto the Jetta, which is something I was going to mention. So the the same sales manager had a salesman. He was there a couple of years at most, and then he decided to go and do something else. He was reversing. So we had, obviously, uh, VW stand, a big glass front. Big glass front on the oh, on no. the showroom with huge sliding doors to drive your cars of in. Of course, and yeah. Covered up, ribbon over them. Yeah. PDI'd a brand new Jetta. I fitted parking sensors to it as retrofit as an, up, as an upsell. Really nice, clean job. VW kit. Straight in, on the can now. Everything in nicely. Went into the valet bay. They prepped it. Everything was done. He drove it round. Now, it was a rainy day. He drove it round. And he's driving round. And then to reverse it into the showroom. He didn't get out of the car to open the door before reversing it into the showroom. Parking sensors, I've just fitted them. I know they worked. Just drove into the glass door, smashed the showroom door. And then this is a huge door. You're thousands of pounds of repairs on a rainy day. It's always rained in England. And just reversed this car. The customers are on the way for it. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. So, you know, this techno, that's, I mean, all right, it sounds crazy to say it now, but. Parking sensors is basic. Yeah. Kids figure out what parking <laughs> sensors do. My kids panic. Yeah. The beep starts to become just a beep. Yeah. I stop that. They know. And I've yeah. never said to them that's yeah. what they're doing. They yeah, they know. It out. They it's just it, intuitive. Yeah. And that's why there's such a great idea on cars. Yeah. Just keep going. Ah, it's not. It's just the rain. It's yeah. just the rain. I've opened the door. Of course I have. Oh, man. So, you know. Do they, yeah. Are they still selling Jettas? Cause well, yeah. The Jetta, when we got introduced to Jetta... I never see them anymore. They went to North America first. Right. The, they were popular. The last one. They were popular in North America, and this is why they got them first. But the one we got was a North American one, so it was, it was left and driving everything, and it was down in the training facility. And then they brought it into the sales for their product launch... Because they were like, it's going to sell thousands. It's going to be really yeah. popular. We'll get to the we'll get to the dealers rather than them come to us. And the guy from VW was like, look, look around it, get to know it. Don't go into it thinking it's a golf with a boot, you know, even though it is. <laughs> Have a look around it, and 
get to know it. It is the lowest spec of a car I have ever seen come out of a VW factory. Seriously. Like, I still, we still got cars that had come in with the Blaupunkt stereos in, which were bought without a stereo, and then we would fit one retrofit. Some of the VWs were sold without stereos. You have to spec them on. And we still saw some of the old ones from the 80s and 70s like that. This was awful. The hinges had no covering over them. Oh, no. The tailgate, and so the boot lid, as we'd call it, there was like the thinnest piece of material, like over the latch mechanism, and just zero sound deadening. It didn't sound like a VW when you shut it. Really? The doors were just really light, and they didn't didn't close right. All the fittings were really hard plastic. The VW guy said, "Look, in North America, a VW is a VW." So it's no frills, yeah. needs to get A to B, and this is what the North American market expects from huh. a VW. And this is what's sold like hotcakes. We're getting this car to all the dealers because they're going to sell like hotcakes in the UK. No one now, the one that, so the Mark V Golf, the Jetta that was out for that one, so sort of 2006 to 2007 or eight. brilliant, really good. Yeah. Came out a lot later than the Golf did. So they learned. Same spec. Everything was great on it. Yeah. Really, really nice car. Really nice car. It was a Golf with a boot on, which the Golf was a great car. But this Jetta just didn't feel right. Mm. Just wasn't. And, and it's weird. So, you know, I suppose we started off talking about accents, right? It's weird how cars are different for different regions of the world. Yeah, yeah, where you'd think yeah. everybody wants a comfortable seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants the door to close and it <laughs> not rattle the glass inside and just yeah. sound like a VW. Everybody wants that, right? Yeah. yeah. But it, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> when when you said that Joey had got the Passat, I had a look. It's something like the seventh, eighth, or ninth highest selling car in the world ever, like fifteen and a half million of them. I mean, the Corolla's done thirty-five and a half. Yeah. I think the Golf is next with twenty-five and a half. So that's a huge gap between the Golf and the Corolla, but. Something like 15 and a half million of these Passats have been sold worldwide. So there's something there, right? Obviously yeah. people like them and they are great, great cars. But I know there's a couple of things that I've had feedback on from, I've never owned one, but obviously worked on a lot of them, driven a lot of them, but feedback I've had from people. One is that people don't appreciate people that have maybe never had the Passats before, been attracted by the newer models that look really smart. They don't like the little clock on the dashboard in the middle. They think it looks old-fashioned. Right. It's just a, one of those traditional, it's like a golf ball gear knob on a GTI. Yeah. It's just one of those things that will never go. But also the fact that they're very sort of grey inside. Nothing shouts out yeah, yeah, you're true. special, you know, yeah. like. And I think, look at the Volvo S90, which yeah. you put in that Passat category. You get in there and it's like screen. Yeah. That giant. Turn to start, <laughs> roll to change the suspension settings if it's got that spec, done. Everything else is on the screen, touch screen, self. Yeah. You can learn it on your own, don't need a manual, self-intuitive. Yeah. Big steering wheel. Because that was a huge step up, so like that, that's in the XC90 as well, which the previous XC90 had awful brown massive buttons everywhere. Yeah. That were huge. Yeah, that, that, that turned people off. It's horrible, yeah. A good car, but it was horrible. And, but the, the new one, wow. But the Passat hasn't really gone that way. It's stuck to kind of, obviously the infotainment's quite big screen now and mm. everything is getting towards it, but there's still that kind of 
itchy material yeah. on the seat and but it's again North American spec it's so strange that yeah. just over the Atlantic and it's different the expectation, expectations just expectations yeah so looking forward to his review yeah what he says about it so he has been driving it so he's he's starting to starting to think a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be converted I think he'll never have a general motor vehicle well, again he, it'll he, all be about the VW now. he was a rabbit guy one of his first I think it might have been his first car was a powder blue Volkswagen rabbit love it with black tinted out windows. One acceptable piece of chrome is a rabbit badge. <laughs> uh, I got. I, you know, I wonder if we have any pictures of that somewhere. Powder blue rabbit with the GTI rims on it. Nice. So everyone knows what we're talking about with those. And it was, uh, it was quite the machine. Quite Great the machine. Car. Yeah. Great car. <laughs> I don't know the mods he put on it with. I don't know some extra fan stuff or something. There was switches for lights he somewhere. Put a, he put a. 6.2 Chevy V8 in it. <laughs> L99 or whatever it is, well, straight he, in there. He, he did have a Regal there for a while, so that was, uh, yeah, that was plush mobile. Yeah, you tell you what though, talking about that, we we a friend of mine has got a Camaro with the 6.2, and we were talking yesterday. No matter what you do in that car, it's always trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what you do. He's got 20 inch wheels on it to try and reduce a bit of the wheel skid, wheel yeah. spin, to slow it down a little bit as much as he can with the acceleration. Yeah, does matter. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. And then you go out in like a German car with the traction control off and you can't get it to do anything and that's got traction control on. <laughs> it still doesn't want and to do just, it. And just donutting out of junctions in it. Ridiculous. That's the kind of car you want. It keeps you on your toes. You don't, you won't be tired driving that car. I guess that's why they're okay with lower spec on a normal car. Normal car. <laughs> like a Passat or a Jetta, right? Because, well, you know, we've got the V8 at home. Yeah. This is, this, this is, has got this, like, this a, is the commuter car, which has got a three piece suite in it. <laughs> in the front, there's like nine people sat across the width of this thing. So that's my idea of a great car. Bring back the bench seat. Yeah. Well. <laughs> It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Even, I mean, look at all the look at all the sort of future camper vans that they've got slated. Like the the they're not gonna call it the Buzz, hopefully, but the the VW camper van. It's got like the sort of chessboard layout, modular seats, just four individual seats. Yeah. No, there's no bench or bed or anything in it. Nothing. Uh-huh. That'll be like a twenty thousand dollar extra. Yeah. You want a bed? Yeah, twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Yeah. Do you want an oven that can run off the battery? Yeah, four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> But you can charge it for free. <laughs> nice one. Thanks, guys. Uh, I, I posted <laughs> a link in about the uh, Kia and their new design philosophy. Did you know they have a new design philosophy? I didn't know they had one in the first place. So just <laughs> nick someone from Audi and make the cars look nice. Yeah, the, the, so they, the, especially with the EV6, was designed under the brand's new design. And I'm looking at the pictures of the EV6. So they, it's about these days, do they? But their design philosophy, opposites united. Sorry? <laughs> yeah. What? Inspired from the contrasts found in nature and humanity. At the center of the new design philosophy is a new visual identity evoking positive forces and neutral energy. Oh, sorry. Natural. Natural energy. With contrasting combinations of sharp stylistic elements and sculptural shapes. I'm just going to say one thing, right? Opposites united. I'm not going to say that. You'll never get me saying that. (laughs) 
if you take, so you put your hand over the front end of it. Yeah. You can't see any of the badges. Yeah. So I'm looking at this white one on the Kia website. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever, Motor Authority, sorry. That's a Lamborghini Urus. It is, I know. That's, Just not, bad for, that's not bad for a Kia, is it? <laughs> no. Talk about aspirational. Well, the, look at the backside, same thing. You start looking at it, it's like... Not bad. Yeah. Not a bad car to be inspired by. Yeah. I mean, at Kia, though, they just don't mess about with how the cars look these days. They genuinely don't mess about. I was watching some old uh, old Top Gear from the UK the other night, and I'd got like a couple of hours, and it was sort of 2002, and they were talking about a Hyundai something being a thousand pounds more than the Kia equivalent. Yeah. And um, asking the sales executive, why is it a thousand pounds more? And the sales executive saying, well, you're paying for the name. And then just <laughs> laughing about it. Like, it's a Hyundai. Don't joke. It's the yeah. worst. Yeah. And they've come on from there. Yeah. I mean, 20 years later, not even 20 years. I mean, look inside that thing. I know. It's, it's incredible. I don't like the new Kia writing on the steering wheel. That looks a bit stupid. Yeah. But it's, look it, at it. I know. You're looking, you're looking at this car and you're going, really? EV6, check it out online. Because that's going to be, like, that'll be Kia money as well. Yeah. That will be, I mean, they've kind of, I mean, they've just taken the buttons off of a Sportage, though, on the on the left-hand side of the dash there. I mean, that's that's just obviously just Photoshop wrong. But, I mean, look at it. It's not bad at all. So I've found it on Motor Authority. I searched Kia EV6, and it come up on Motor Authority. You just go to Kia and you can see it. Yeah, you'll see it on Kia as well, yeah. It's a great looking car, to be fair. But that's so the Lamborghini Urus at the back. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. And it's it's a little bit of the Nissan Kicks with the back seat, the way it looks with those, the way the roof yeah, goes down. Or, or the Evoque. It's kind of got an Evoque sort of, they've if got, you look from the top, it, yeah. halfway up the doors. They've really started to, everyone's embraced the Porsche bike lights now. Now, here's an interesting one. Talking about interiors of cars, I was sitting beside the Panamera. I parked beside a Panamera. Uh, Panamera 6, maybe? Panamera 4? Do they have numbers on the back of them like that? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So it'd be a, uh, well, there'll be a Panamera S, a GTS, a Turbo. There'll be. All right, so maybe, I, I don't know which one it was. But I look inside, because I'm thinking, oh, it's kind of cool. It's got some matte, matte finish on it, which is kind of weird, but. So I'm parked right beside it, and I'm in the old Wrangler. That's right. This is today. This is right now. I'll have to look and see if it's still there. I look in the window thinking, oh, okay, I'm just going to take a little look in. And I was so disappointed. I'm thinking the person who owns this car must be disappointed because all of the little button things on the center console just look like plasticky pieces from, like, the Lego store. And I want my Lego to look plasticky, but I don't want my Porsche to look plasticky. So I was, I just thought, wow, this person must really be unhappy with this vehicle. Yeah, you see, the thing is with it, so I, I, we got the GTS in a couple of weeks ago, and I sort of sent you the video saying, why did they ever make the back end of this car look like that? And the problem is that they are so well kitted out and so comfortable and rockets that yeah. people get inside them and forget what it looks like on the outside because, and just buy them. Because they're holding on to it for dear life, so, yeah. they, so they don't have a chance to look yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a Panamera 6, that's what I'm looking at. And I was just, I was surprised. I mean, I'm thinking that's not a cheap vehicle. Those little details, I would thought, would have thought the Porsche, yeah. Porsche folks would have really gone to town and created some. The, the interiors of the Porsche now are very, very busy. I think mm. that oh, it's, it's the, like the F-Pace. Yeah, yeah. There's sort of like the whole 
pilot thing. Yeah. Like it's just loads of switches everywhere. And yeah, yeah I mean, one, the, not, I've not been in the current one, which is a very nice looking car to be fair, but the old outgoing one was, they had like, and all the Porsches, the Cayman, the Cayenne, all of them were all the same, but they had like the button for what you wanted and then a little chrome trim that went around <laughs> the bottom of it with yeah. an LED in it that would light up when you'd press that button. Right. But it was closer to the writing of the button below. So it was just from an intuitive perspective, like we've been saying about these touch screens and stuff like that. It wasn't the easiest thing to get used to when you, you know, first time use. So yeah, the, the interior on them is very, very busy, very clawed yeah. around there. But I'm assuming again with the Jaguar, it's probably right. It's aimed at people who are kind of at that, that might be. I mean, how old are you going to be, really, m- mostly when you can afford to buy one of those? You're yeah. talking 50s because yeah. kids have left and, yeah. you've, you know, you've got the money to buy the car. Well, maybe you want all the switches and dials because that's what cars <laughs> are like when you were that sort maybe. of 20, 20 yeah. 30 age. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's what uh, it is. Yeah. But I, I, they're not, they're, not, they're, not um, they're very, very busy inside. There's way too many yeah. switches. Yeah. Anything else going on at the, uh, the old Powerworks HQ these days? Got, got some good? transporter hearses in. Oh man, really? Yeah, transporters that were designed to carry two coffins. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, zero miles. A bit of a legal battle over them, and then they've oh. finally arrived, and and we've got them in to get them roadworthy after being sat in the desert for 13 years. Yeah, so all just bread and butter stuff, just yeah. like servicing and. And now's the time to do that. It's starting to get warm. We've had a little bit of respite, but it, it, have you noticed it seems every Friday it hits up into the high 30s? Yeah, yeah. It was like 40 again. Yeah. And then during the week, oh, it's still back down to nice temperature. Which is fine by me. Yeah. And then weekend, back up to the high 30s. Yeah. And the weekend, I can stay in the house. The (laughs) week, I have to be in the workshop. So (laughs) yeah. Keep it as cool as you can. This is time to get your car out there. Time to start thinking about things and start thinking about the car covers when you're, I mean, I'm a, I'm a total convert now. To car covers. I always tell people, if you can get the reflective type sunscreen and put them on the outside of the windscreen, you'll save your AC. A lot of like aggro getting your car. If you can't park it in the shade, yeah. get it on the outside of the screen and try and stop the screen getting as hot as it will be. That's a good idea. That's, that's, that's what I always tell people to do. Tint the windows to a safe level of about 30 degrees on the back and the rest of the car. Yeah. Obviously, you can't do the front one. That's unsafe, but... If you can get the reflective type covers that will go over the front of the screen rather than on the inside, yeah. that'll save the glass getting as hot as it does, and it'll it'll help no end. Yeah, with with the old sort of some of the old VWs, they used to have a when you had the AC on, they'd have like a sunlight sensor on the dashboard. A lot of cars still use it, but it was a sunlight sensor, and that was to detect basically to figure out how hot the windscreen was. But mm. basically. So there's a vent on the top of the dashboard that just blew onto the screen, even if it wasn't the one to clear the screen at the yeah. base. It was in the middle at the top, and it would basically be there to cool the screen down. Because obviously, if you're blowing cold or blowing air in, and it's cooling down in the AC system and then coming out the vents, if the dashboard's hot, it's getting warm by the time it gets out the vent. Yeah. So this would try to vent the dashboard and blow up and cool down as much as it could so that the air was going through cooler. But even that... It's not good enough. Yeah. You cannot touch the windscreen sometimes. That's a good thing. Start looking now on your Amazon to get your yeah. your screen protectors for when you're parked. dollars or whatever. The ones that are out on the outside. Put it on the outside. Put it on the outside and try and close the doors on it. Yeah. Or even just get some get a bungee cord that can hook onto either end and put it through the inside of the car just to hold it over the screen. There we go. Tip of the day. On that note, you know what it is. It's time for us to start thinking about packing everything up and 
get your cars in to get serviced and and more glenn thank you very much it's been fun PowerWorks Podcast is what you've been listening to. Coming to you from the podcast studio right here at the Rove Hotel, downtown Dubai. Do it all again really soon. Go check out the rest of our shows. We've got like, like 73 hours of podcasts by PowerWorks. Something for everyone. Talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot. So long for now.